It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Erin Grogan was able to leave a job that she didn't care for to start her own quilting business, Love So Modern. Her goal with the pattern she designs is to create the beauty she wishes to see in the world and to help others find their creative voices too. Erin has a unique style that everyone is falling in love with. Erin and I recorded this episode before QuiltCon 2024 in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we talked about attending. But by the time this is released, QuiltCon will have come and gone. Hopefully we will have met in person. And if you follow either of us on social media, you may have seen a picture of us together. Erin, thanks for joining us on A Quilter's Life. So glad to have you. Thank you, Paula. I'm so happy to be here to speak with you today. We are both part of Carolina Moore's Quilty Business Group on Wednesday nights. And it was so fun to meet you there. Yeah, I look forward to it every week and I try to never miss it. I get so much out of our weekly chats, both a business level and a personal level. I love it. Mm-hmm. Share where you were born and raised. So I was born in Starkville, Mississippi, but I don't remember it at all because we moved from there before I turned two. And I grew up in the Richmond, Virginia area, which is where I call home. And I love it. How about a special memory when you were growing up? A special memory for me growing up, we lived like in a very country setting for most of my childhood from like age seven to 17. And we had acreage of like woods and my brother and I have a younger brother would just spend our days in those woods. We would pretend in the morning that we were running away from home or whatever. And we pack a backpack of snacks and a deck of cards and we would hike out through the woods and build shelter and (laughs) spend the day there together. It was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. I'm just picturing that wonderful Virginia countryside, the trees and finding a place to camp. (laughs) Yeah, camp and catch frogs and just really be free and be kids. Oh, cool. Other than a quilting business, did you have another career? Yeah, before quilting. I worked as a like events planner for a semiconductor company and I planned a lot of the employee events and activities and travel and big meetings and we had a whole groundbreaking ceremony which felt like planning a wedding because I had to like rent a tent and a DJ and I had to get flower settings and had to plan how the helicopter for the governor was going to come in 
So everything from like, you know, small team meetings to massive governor events. <laughs> wow. That sounds so exciting. It could be. It could be really fun. There was a lot of neat experience from that. Wow. You're still in Virginia, but are you near where you grew up or another part of the state? So now I'm in the Northern Virginia area, but like just barely. I'm in Warrington, Virginia, which I love. It's a small town with this main street that's a historic area. And I joke and tell people that I feel like I live in Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls because I walk down the street and like all the store owners know me and I know them and we talk and it just feels so good. It's something special. That would be. Erin, is there anything else about your family that you would like to share? Oh, well, let's see. There's four of us here. My husband, and then I have two kids, a son who just turned 11, and a daughter who in just a couple of days is going to be turning eight. And then, of course, our dog, who is Tavishon. She's my shadow, and she's named Tula. She was named after Tula Pink, but I didn't name her. My non-quilting friend was with me when I got her and I was struggling to come up with her name. So she was throwing out words that she knew that were in my life. <laughs> she was like, Bernina, like, that's too complicated of a dog name. Try again. Anytime I've ever made her a quilt, she always picks out Tula pink fabric. So she said, Tula. I was like, that's cute. <laughs> what a cute name for a puppy. It's perfect. It fits her personality. A lot of people hear Tulip when I say her name, and she's just as sweet as a flower. So I think that's great. (laughs) If you had the opportunity to talk to your great, 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 great grandchildren, there's two things. What would you like them to remember about you? And two, what would you like to say to them? It's easier to answer question two, so I'll start there. I would like to tell them that don't ever question yourself and what you want to do with your life. I've allowed a lot of people to tell me what I can't do all the time, and it's made for a slower road for me to get to doing what makes me happy. So if there's something you want to do, just go for it. Just try it. Just do it. Learn how to get there and just ignore the naysayers. And then to remember about me, I hope to remember that I am a kind person. I like to help others for better or for worse for myself. And I hope they remember that I make pretty things that I don't know I'm always reaching for the joy that's great thank you for that also besides quilting are there other crafts that you do or you have done 
So before I fell head over heels of quilting, I did garment sewing and I was obsessed with that too, but I've definitely become more obsessed with quilting. I was a serial crafter. <laughs> like I like embroidery. I'll do that sometimes. Like I see a craft, I see something that interests me and I just jump in. I just jump in. I'm like, okay, so I need this, this, and this to get started. And I just go to the store and I buy the thing and I try. It doesn't always work. I picked up knitting for a year and I made a lot of cool things. I can't remember how to do it now. I keep trying to pick up crochet. I don't know. I can't get the hang of it, but I will. (laughs) But yeah, I love fiber arts and I keep trying each one I stumble across. I did needle felting for a few months. That was fun. Your emotions out just stabbing a little ball of wool over and over again. That's fun. Anything I can do with my hands. I like keeping my hands busy. Yeah, and after making garments, the quilts always fit. Right? I love it. No matter what mistakes you make, it fits. (laughs) (laughs) How about other hobbies? I don't know if you can count this as a hobby. Another thing I enjoy doing is building Legos. So it'd be surprising because like with quilting and stuff, like I make my own thing and I do my own designs. But when it comes to Legos, I find so much relaxation and peace in just following the instructions exactly to a T Every little, you know, accessory is placed exactly how the instructions say. I don't know why, but I find it so calming. So usually for like my birthday or Christmas or something, my husband gets me a Lego set. And that's like my time. (laughs) It's so fun. I love building the houses. And then for Christmas this year, my husband got me a typewriter. It's a Lego typewriter. I mean, it doesn't type anything, but like the keys themselves are functional. Oh, it's so satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I did see there's a sewing machine. Did you get that one yet? Oh, the little guy? I haven't gotten it yet. I hope they have them again this year at QuiltCon. Sotopia had them last year, and I wish I bought one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how do Legos show up in your quilting? (laughs) I don't think they've shown up in my quilting yet because Legos are very square and my quilts are very round. (laughs) Do any of your other crafts or hobbies show up in your quilting? Yes. So one of my other hobbies is I love antiquing and going to thrift stores and antique stores It's the thrill of the hunt to see what you can find because you never know what you're going to find. And so I take a lot of inspiration for my quilt designs from things I find while I'm antiquing. That's so interesting because when you said antiquing, I'm thinking, but your quilts are so modern. How does that work? (laughs) I know. So like one of my number one favorite things to collect and search for is Pyrex, like vintage 1960s, 1970s Pyrex. Like my favorite are their princess bowls. And so then 
I designed a quilt pattern that's Pyrex bowls. And it is, it's a very modern design with very vintage inspiration and vintage motifs on the quilt sign. And it works. I love mixing that retro inspiration into a modern design, but trying to find ways to incorporate like traditional quilting elements and just marrying all that together just works so good. (laughs) Let's jump to who introduced you to quilting? So I kind of stumbled upon quilting on my own. My grandmother was a professional seamstress, but she didn't quilt. She mostly just made clothes. And my only exposure to quilting before I started quilting was quilts made by the Amish. We live on the East Coast and I grew up in Virginia, but my family all lives in Boston, Massachusetts. And so we would drive from Virginia to Massachusetts multiple times a year and we would go through Pennsylvania. Since a small kid, it was on my wish list to save up enough money to stop on one of the roadside stands and buy a quilt. So after I had my second child, my daughter, I wanted us to have matching outfits. And this is kind of what led me back to sewing because I learned to sew as a child, but I wanted us to have matching outfits. It was so expensive to buy matching outfits. So that's fine. I know how to sew. And I asked my aunt if I could have my grandmother's old sewing machine. And I started making us clothes. And then if you sew garments, you know, it's really hard to find garment fabric in person, especially at the time I was sewing a lot with knits. So anytime I was out and about, I would just type fabric into my GPS. And I ended up in a lot of upholstery stores. which was really disappointing. But then one day I landed in a modern quilt store and I walked in and it was just so bright and there was beautiful fabric everywhere and these quilts that were unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And I spent at least an hour in the store talking to the employee, asking like, what is this? Tell me, tell me everything I need to know. And I was hooked. I'm curious when you walked into that store and after you got the information, did you buy material that day for a quilt or did you have to go back or what? Well, I bought material that day to make my daughter a dress. And then for Christmas that year, my husband got me a class there for intro to quilting. Do you still have that first quilt? During that class, we made a log cabin block. And then I purchased a kit from there to make a quilt. And I did not know at the time that it was considered difficult. It has a like foundation paper piece compass in the center and then flying geese going all around it. And I'm so thankful So I had asked the person teaching the class, do you think I can do this? And they just, with all their confidence, like, oh, yeah, you can definitely do it. If you have problems, you know, just come on in and we'll walk you through it. 
And I'm so glad that they didn't say, well, that's hard. And they just encouraged me to try because my first quilt was a difficult quilt and I still have it and it's not perfect. There's cutoff points and it got a little wonky in the center, but I did it. And back when I was working a corporate job and I was not enjoying my corporate job, I hung it up in my cubicle to remind me that I can do hard things. Wow. I've led the statement that I've heard in the past that I didn't know I couldn't do it. Yes. Whether it's a quilt you made or a quilt you've seen somewhere else or have from someone else, do you have a favorite quilt? So my favorite quilt, I'm not even entirely sure why it's my favorite quilt. It is a quilt I made. It's my bear crossing quilt pattern, which was maybe my fourth or fifth pattern design. And it's made all in Ruby Star Society fabric. And I just love being under this quilt. I call it my travel quilt. It's the quilt I usually fold up into my suitcase every time I go somewhere to sleep under and make me feel like I have a piece of home with me when I travel. A lot of people are always shocked to find out, like, as soon as I walk into a hotel room or whatever, like, it's the first thing to pull out. I put it on the bed. I'm like, ah, okay, now I can relax. I love that. When we were traveling more, I had this, well, I still have it. I call it cowie, a little stuffed animal, and I would have its head poking out of my suitcase. It was so fun to watch adults' reaction to an adult pulling the suitcase down the aisle. <laughs> and then I got to a hotel one time and someone that worked on the airline had her suitcase and she leaned over and said, I have mine in my suitcase too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we we got to have our comfort things. When I was a baby and a small kid, my comfort thing was a blanket. It just hasn't changed. I feel good being wrapped and hugged by a blanket or a quilt. <laughs> it's so much fun. The tools have changed over the years. So do you have a tool that you are just so happy that you have? So, yes. My favorite tool is my Quilter Select Rulers. The last couple of years, I've upgraded all of my rulers to be Quilter Select rulers. And I feel like they really changed the quality of my work. If you haven't tried them yet, these rulers really don't slip or slide or shift when you're cutting. And it just makes the experience so much easier. So I have almost every size that they have. And last year at QuiltCon, I was so excited. I got this massive square ruler. I can't remember. It's at least 20 inches square, if not more. And that was my favorite thing I got to take away last year. I am so looking forward to my first quilt con this year. And so you're telling me that I'll get to see all these vendors and walk away with something wonderful? Yes, you will. It's so amazing getting to see like everything that exists out there 
and products that you haven't seen yet and gain to try them and touch them in person. It's so much fun. I save all year for this event. <laughs> oh, no. I needed that information a year ago. <laughs> right? Do you like a certain step of the quilting process or do you like each step along the way? I am one of the rare people who actually enjoys cutting out the fabric. I like to cut everything out beforehand and I just feel like everything goes smoother and faster. I don't mind doing that. And then I also love when I have the time to actually get to sit and hand sew down my binding. Those are probably my two favorite steps. I like the piecing part too, but like the finishing it is the best. And I'm trying to love the quilting process, <laughs> but it's not love yet, except for when I can do like, I love doing big stitch quilting, but usually as like an extra after it's been quilted. Yeah. You can't see, I have your website off to the side here. So I'm looking at one of your quilts and the quilting on that is amazing. It's your birds. Did you do that quilting? I did. I did. But it's an edge to edge. Two years ago, I saved up and I was able to get a Moxie, which is a handy quilter. It's their like smallest frame machine. And then this year I saved up and I was able to get the Pro Stitcher to go with it, the Pro Stitcher Lite. So now I can do edge to edge, which it feels like I hired an assistant. Because like I can set it up and I can be working on something else in the room and it's quilting away. But I still have to get past the mental block every time of doing the work of loading it onto the frame. I really don't like that part. <laughs> I keep looking at that and I'm assuming it takes as much time, maybe even a little bit more time to set that up on the frame as it does to get down on your hands and knees and use pins and put it all together that way. Yeah, I used to spray baste on our dining room floor and it might even take me longer to get everything loaded onto the frame than it did to spray baste a quilt. You get your steps in. I'm walking back and forth from one end of the frame to the other over and over and over, <laughs> trying to make it all roll on there nice and straight. But then once you get it on there, it's so easy. It's so much easier on your shoulders. That is so neat. Share your worst quilting experience. So, Jesus, probably at least five or six years ago, I was working on my first bed size quilt. And it was a king size quilt. And I had royally messed up piecing. And I had to spend hours sitting on my friend's kitchen floor because we had a really small house at the time. And so I went over to my friend's house who also sewed and spread the quilt out on their kitchen floors. And we sat there on the floor unpicking so much work, but spread it out there so I could actually like see <laughs> what I messed up. But yeah, I don't have a lot of terrifying experiences. I had a quilt once that I used a denim fabric for the background and I didn't realize that by the end I completely dyed my hands blue 
for like a week. But yeah, no, nothing crazy. Quilting is mostly my happy place. That's good. Erin, what has drawn you to quilting rather than spend your time doing anything else? Quilting feels like I've found the art form that is the right fit for me. As a kid, I was always an artist. In high school, I went to a visual and performing arts high school. I studied art in college a little bit. And I feel like I finally found the medium that is the perfect fit for me. It brings me so much joy to make illustrations with fabric. And I'm so excited that we can go and look at your website to see all the beautiful quilts you have created. Who do you make your quilts for, though? Well, my daughter would tell you they're all for her. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, my kids usually end up taking all my quilts. They love making forts. And I have a rule in our house that quilts are made to be used. So even the ones that I bring on shows and the ones from my book, I don't have rules against using them. They're made to be used and loved on. So I make my quilts for them and they feel really special to them. My son, multiple years, his Christmas wish list, he's the most nostalgic and he gets so emotional around Christmas and gets so mad at my daughter. He's like, it's not about the presents. It's about the family and being together and spending time together. Last year for Christmas, he had like four things on his wish list. One of them was a quilt made from me. One, he wanted me to make him a drawing of a bird. And then the other one was like a stuffed animal and then some other little thing. He amazes me every day. So I make them for them. Do you have a special project that you're working on right now that you can share? Yes, I can. So I am currently working on a new quilt pattern. I'm planning to release it in April, so not too long from now. And it's inspired by my kids and what brings them joy. It's a lollipop quilt, and they look like Tootsie Pops, and it's so much fun. I cannot wait for everyone to see it Uh, again, of course. It's curves, what I love to sew. I hope it brings people feelings of joy when they see it. A lollipop to me, it's always been like that simple, sweet reward that you get for doing things in life that you don't want to do. Like going to the dentist sometimes or the doctors, they give you a lollipop afterwards. And I remember sitting in the bank drive through And every time at the end, they'd be like, oh, you have kids in the back? Here's some lollipops. Like, it's just like this little reward that keeps on giving in childhood. That's just so simple and precious. So that's the story behind. And I'm calling it Sweet Pop. Oh, that will be cute. Describe your sewing space. I love my current sewing space. A couple years ago, we moved from a small townhouse to a single family home. 
And the previous owner before us loved movies and they had put in like a real theater in the basement. And the plan was that that was going to be my studio. Like it was perfect. The kids can play on the one side and the theater space can be my sewing space. Had no windows or anything, but it was big. And then our first night in the house, we didn't have like any furniture yet. But the previous owner left everything in the theater room because they were downsizing. Like there was a full couch, two recliners, the projector, like everything. And so we all looked at each other and we're like, well, we have to at least try it once before we take it all down tomorrow. We watched a movie and afterwards they all looked at me and they said, mom, we're sorry, but you can't have this. (laughs) And I said, I know you're right. (laughs) And so the next day stuff started to arrive and we were starting to unpack. And my husband said, it's going to be like a year or two before we can afford to put furniture in the dining room. So it's just going to be empty for now. So we can like put all the empty boxes and stuff in there. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he goes, unless, do you want that for your studio? I was like, really? On the main floor with all this natural light? So that's how the formal dining room (laughs) became my studio. And it's why I have a chandelier (laughs) hanging from the center of my studio came with the house and it's great it's wonderful it has natural light coming through and I love it because so like when I'm cooking I can also be sewing because I can't stand those lulls when you're cooking you have to just stand and wait for something wait for the next step so I step aside I can go and cut something or sew a few pieces together it's great I love it (laughs) (laughs) so that all worked out And now you can still have your family movie night. Yes. We've become big family movie night people. (laughs) Share a quilting tip. Ah, so one of my favorite quilting tips that I've learned, I like patterns that do covered corners. But all the time when you're reading instructions for sewing covered corners, it'll say sew, trim, and then press. But when you do that, a lot of times you've now created this bias where you've cut off. And so when you press, things don't line up as nice. So if you actually sew, then press over your covered corner, then move it out of the way and then trim, it actually doesn't have that bias issue and things line up so much more accurately and you don't have wonky covered corners so press before you trim (laughs) what a great tip now is that tip in your book it's not because my book is all about curves (laughs) (laughs) i need clarification then (laughs) what's the covered corner sometimes they're called snowballing corners Okay. So like if you had a six inch square and you want a two inch triangle in a corner of that square, you put a two inch square up in that corner and sew a diagonal line from point to point. And then usually 
instructions will tell you to trim it off, leaving that quarter of an inch seam allowance, and then you press it over. But if you cut it before you press, you always find it's like your corner gets skewed by like an eighth of an inch and doesn't line up very well with your edges. And it can just get a little bit wonky. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. See, I made an assumption. Knowing that you do curves, when I heard covered corner, I thought that had to do with when you were sewing your curve. So my bad. Fair assumption. Describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby and it became a business. So I was very miserable in my corporate job. It wasn't what I was doing, but the environment was not a good fit for me. And I lived about 10 minutes away from where I worked and I was leaving work every day for my lunch break, driving home and using that hour to sew and then grabbing whatever snack I could out of the pantry and eating it on my drive back home and just constantly just wanting to be sewing instead of being where I was. And I would have sketches in my notebooks and I had a dream that I would one day get to design patterns and I wanted to design fabric. So I had set a goal for myself that I could quit my job after I had saved up enough money to buy the things I needed to be able to make this happen. I saved up to buy a class on how to use Adobe Illustrator, saved up to buy a computer, a camera, just all these things that I thought I needed. And my husband and I talked about it and we agreed that by a set date, I could quit. And I did. And since then, it's just been working and focusing on making this a career. I get to do what I love. I get to travel and teach others how to sew and I get to design and I really love every part of what I get to do now. It's so exciting to follow your dream and see it fulfilled. How wonderful. Share the name of your business and tell us how you came up with the name. So my business is called Love So Modern. So spelled S-E-W. And there's not like a great story behind my name. So my Instagram name before I started my business was So So, like S-E-W, S-E-W, 1989. Like very non-commercialized. Like, And I felt like I can't keep this. This is not a business name. If I want to start a business... I need to come up with something. And so for like a week or so every day, well, I had to walk into work. It was a long walk from my parking spot to the front door of the building. And I would either be in my head or I'd be texting ideas back and forth with a friend and just shooting ideas at them until one day I was like, love so modern. Oh, it sounds like a love story, like a love letter to quilting, like to modern quilting. It's a modern love story. I don't know. The words isolated kind of don't sound like correct English, but it rolls off the tongue and sounds like a beautiful story. 
And so I went with it. Love So Modern is so much better than So-So. Right? I was like, So-So doesn't sound great. Like, it's okay. It's So-So. Yeah. <laughs> Love So Modern's much, much better. That's great. Which pattern was your first quilt pattern you put out? The very first pattern I put out was called Diamond Skies. It's a fun play on ombre. It's a way to play with ombre colors. That was my goal with the pattern. And it has a little bit of like a Western feel to it. And how exciting was it when you actually sold that first pattern? It was very exciting. It's exciting when people buy it, but it's even more exciting when somebody you don't know buys it. You felt like, oh, I did something right. Like someone's not just trying to be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They bought it because they fell in love with it. Cool. And I'm assuming you were selling patterns first and then you started teaching and giving lectures. And how did that come about? Yes. So when I started my business, I had quit my job right before the pandemic had happened. And then the whole world shut down and I was launching a business as this was happening. So teaching definitely came later because it was not really an opportune time to be teaching. (laughs) But before my job in the event planning for the same company, I worked as an adult educator teaching people how to do different roles in a clean room environment, which is a very bizarre and weird thing. I highly recommend you Google search clean room. It's a massive room with white floors and white walls and white machinery and loud noises and these carts overhead zooming past you. It's a very weird environment. So I love the teaching aspect. And I had to take a lot of training through the company on how to teach to adults. And so I enjoyed working with adults and I enjoyed teaching adults. And so it seemed like a natural fit to teach something I actually really enjoy. And it was so exciting to share with you as you were heading out to teach on a cruise not too long ago. Share how that all went. That was such a unique opportunity. I was so excited when it was proposed to me. I've heard of quilting cruises before, but the only quilting cruises that I've heard before were one that Tula Pink had done. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can do something that Tula Pink did. Like, that's really cool. You think anyone's going to sign up for it? And they did. And it was a lot of fun. We sailed to the Caribbean. So we got to go to Aruba and Carousel. And on the days that the ship was sailing, I taught class. And I got to teach my Intro to Curves class. And we made my Apparently It's a Party quilt pattern, which is really cute. Uh, I designed it with inspiration of the Caribbean. And it's parrots with flowers. It's a really graphical quilt. And then we got to go and experience these places, places that I don't think I ever would have gotten to go to otherwise. 
it was a lot of fun. It was a really unique experience. And we had some people actually finish the quilt top while on the cruise on the last day, which was like my goal. I really hoped that people could finish the quilt because there's nothing worse than starting a project and then just adding it to your whip pile. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Boy, they must have worked really hard. They did. They did. There was an optional open sew most evenings. A lot of them showed up and they put in the work and they got finished quilts. That's great. I wanted to talk about your new book that just came out, the Retro Curve Piece Quilts. Yes. So that goes back to all my inspiration from vintage and retro things. So my first few patterns that I designed were patterns that I thought people would like. I was designing for others. And then a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to make something just for me. There was no goal of it being a pattern to put out, but just a quilt that I was doing for myself. Because when you are a quilt fire designer, you rarely get to sew just to sew. And you don't get to just make things to make things anymore. It always feels like there has to be a purpose. And so I was on a field trip with my son and we were on a charter bus and it was like an hour and a half bus ride at least with a bunch of third graders. So to entertain myself and to mentally check out from the chaos of being on a bus with a bunch of children, I had my sketchbook. I just started sketching out this idea. It later became my chaos coordinator pattern. And I didn't think it would do well. I didn't think people would want to make it, but people kept messaging me like, we need this as a pattern. You got to make it a pattern. So I did. And it did really well. And I was like, oh, so people will sew curves. People will sew things that are a little bit complicated. And it allowed me so much freedom to start designing for myself. And I was just bursting with ideas. I had designed like 12 to 15 patterns. And what do I do with all this? I can't just drop release all this right now. Like, what do I do? And I was like, you know what? There's a theme here. They're all like retro inspired modern quilts. They could be a book. And so I started submitting the idea to publishers and Fox Chapel picked me up. And yeah, a year of work later, Retro Curved Piece Quilts was uh, complete. Have you been able to do some book signings? Yes, I've had a lot of fun. So I got to go to market for the first time this year and I got to do a trunk show there of the quilts in the book and did a signing. And I've had a bunch of local quilt shops to me, host book signings. And then my local bookstore in my town hosted my book launch release party. And I did a book signing there and a trunk show there. And then I'm looking forward to a quilt con. I'm going to be doing some book signings and some different booths there. So yeah, it's been really fun getting to connect with other quilters and for so many Because my designs are all based on nostalgic things, they resonate with other quilters and 
bringing back so much memories of either them as children or of their family members. And I've gotten to hear a lot of beautiful personal stories from others and get to share my stories as well. I know this episode's going to be out right after QuiltCon. So by the time everyone gets to hear it, we'll have met and hopefully I'll have your book. Yes. <laughs> I find it interesting that, as I think you've found now, that people are interested in what you're interested in, not just what you think they're interested in. And that's when you really blossom, isn't it? Yeah, I found that when I finally stopped designing for others and design for myself and design what brought me joy, more people felt connected to that than before. And definitely my business has changed and grown a lot since then. That's so wonderful. Anything else about your business that we may have missed? If anyone is looking for presenters and educators for their quilt guilds, I have been doing a lot of that. And I love getting to travel either in person or virtually. So if you need somebody, look me up. I'm happy to come and teach or lecture to you. I love getting to spread the love of quilting and the love of curves is a particular favorite of mine, which is supposedly very in right now. And I think that's because you reached out and you did that for us. Thanks. Erin, where can we find you? Sure. So my website is love, so spelled S-E-W, modern.com. And you can also find me under the same name of Love So Modern on Instagram and Facebook. But if you want to connect with me, I'm almost always on Instagram. Well, Erin, thank you so, so much for being on A Quilter's Life. I enjoyed hearing your story and I love what you do. Thank you, Paula. It was so great getting to chat with you today. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.